Hey, what's up, guys? It's Matt Belair here. I'm an author, high-performance coach, and host of the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. And in this video, I want to do a deep dive into overcoming fear, understanding fear, understanding emotional intelligence, understanding the distinctions between mind and body and the relationship to fear, anxiety, and depression. And by the end of this video, hopefully, you're going to have a better understanding of the mind-body connection and how it relates to fear, and then how you can utilize that information to experience more flow, more peace, and create space from emotions that are negative and not in a way where you say, no, I don't want these negative emotions, but to understand all of the emotions that we quote unquote don't want, like fear, anxiety, depression, um, and have a different view and a different perspective on them so that you can own them and alchemize them rather than try to push them away. Because um, what's going to happen if you do that is you're going to keep getting into this spiral of anxiety or depression and not understand what you can do to overcome it and experience more states that you prefer, uh, peace, ease, relaxation, flow, which are all critical for high performance, um, for creative thinking, and for expression. So let's get into it. Now, the first thing to understand and to question is that what are emotions? Um, we think that we have good emotions. We think that we have bad emotions, right? And I love Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. He says, addiction is when the body becomes the mind. And so let's say um, you want to stop smoking, but you keep going to get a cigarette. And you're like, I want to stop smoking, but I keep going to get the cigarette. Or maybe you want to have better health and you know that you need to get your body to show up to the gym or you need to get your body to make different um, choices as far as what, what you eat, but the body just keeps doing all these different things. Um, it's almost as if the body has become the mind. And this is a huge distinction. You need to understand that just because you're having emotions, it doesn't mean that the emotions are bad or that they own you. You are not your emotions. So let's give you an example as far as uh, fear goes. So let's just say uh, you are out in the world and you go into the wrong part of time, town and you start feeling fear, maybe there is an actual danger there. Like back in the day when you would see a lion, you'd be like, oh my goodness, um, that's terrifying. We need to run away. That fear would keep you safe. It's a natural thing. It's something that we need to have as humans. But the problem is that we can get addicted to that feeling. And you would think, why would I want to get addicted to negative emotions? Well, you don't do it consciously. You don't say, I want to get addicted to anxiety. I want to get addicted to depression. What happens is when you feel fear or anxiety or depression, your brain releases chemicals and neurotransmitters, and those can become addicting or at least habitual. So that means that these neural pathways in your brain just become so familiar and so uh, ingrained in your mind that you can find all these different avenues to fear, anxiety, depression. And you won't even recognize that um, it's happening. It just, they're so ingrained that it keeps happening. And so you think that, hey, this is just the way that I am. 
You know, this is just the way that I am because of these neural pathways. And the beautiful thing is now what we know from neuroscience is that there's something called neural pruning. That means where you have this old network of whatever you may, you may not want, some trauma or fear, whatever. Um, when you start to build new neural pathways, new neural connections for what you do want, these old pathways begin to, f to fade away. They're no longer used. So um, they no longer continue to fire. And you could imagine like weeds in a garden or flower, you know, it's the emotional energy that continues to feed it like water. And so all of this stuff is running unconsciously, usually like when you're fear, fearful, a lot of the time you're unconscious of it. When you're anxiety, uh, you're unconscious of how that happened. And then you're in the state and then you think, how the heck do I get out of this? Um, but when you understand how you can get out, which you'll learn here, a uh, few techniques how that are fantastic. They work really well. Um, you stop giving that water and you water somewhere else. And so over time, you create new neural pathways in the brain and you have different emotional experiences. And so when Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about uh, the mind becoming the body, you just got to first understand that these are unconscious patterns. They release chemicals that are addictive and your body will just start doing it on its own without your conscious will. And so then what do you do? The first thing to understand is that the emotion or the feeling is not bad. So if you wake up and you're automatically depressed or you wake up, you're auto automatically anxious uh, or fearful, it's not bad. It's probably not ideal. It's probably not what you would prefer. But the first thing is to not judge the emotion. It's just doing what it's doing. And so you need those though. So let's say, let's say you lose a family member and you would feel sad. You don't try to not feel sad. It's an appropriate time to feel sad. But sometimes with fear and anxiety and depression, it might not be an, an appropriate response. And so the first thing is to observe it and not say, hey, this judge it. Say this is a good or a bad thing. Just let it be what it is. In meditation, you're observing your thoughts, your feelings and emotions. So just observe your emotions. That's the first thing. It creates a gap. Because like I, sh I shared in a previous video, um, you feel like that emotion is a part of you. You feel like there is no space. I'll pull it up here. Um, so you feel, you feel like you have that emotion and it's stuck to your face and you don't even realize that you can make a different choice. And so the first thing is just, okay, I notice I'm feeling anxiety or depression or feel, fear. Fantastic. Um, you're observing it. Now what happens is you create a story and you, and you go to the level of mind and thinking and you say, oh, why am I anxious? Why am I fearful? Why am I uh, depressed? And that's useful um, in a lot of different ways. So I'll give the example of when I'm snowboarding. If I want to do a trick over a really big jump and there's consequences and I'm like, oh, I'm going to try a very hard trick right now, I might feel a little bit anxious. And, and then I can go, okay, let's think about this. It's just trying to tell me something. My body's just trying to tell some, me something. Okay, what are the conditions of today like? Do I have the skill? Am I ready? Am I going to commit to this? Uh, how is my energy level? All these different things. And I can analyze that and say, great. Then I can make the decision to go do the thing that is creating anxiety or fear. So just like in the same way, you might have this fear come up um, or this anxiety or this depression and First is just to notice it. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm feeling anxious about this. All right. Is there anything that I need to know? Because the mind is going to start to build a story about why um, you need to feel this way when you actually don't. You can just look at the information, uh, 
you know, create some space, right? So rather than having it stuck to your face, you just observe the skull without these webs in your face. So just observe it. Say, okay, cool. Now here's a huge distinction. You're probably not going to think your way out of it in level of mind. Because if you have a thought like this, it's a scary thought, anxiety, depression, fear, whatever it is, um, and it might not even be real or rele relevant. The mind is illusionary. You know, the world is illusionary enough. <laughs> you know, we know enough from quantum physics about how illusionary the, the world is, then alone the mind. It's, you know, it's, none of it is real. So from the level of mind, um, you're not going to solve the problem. And so what happens is your body, when you're fearful, anxiety, uh, or depressed, uh, anxious or depressed, you're going to be in the sympathetic nervous system. And what that means is there's going to be increased cortisol, increased blood pressure, all these neurotransmitters and these neurochemicals you can look up, uh, you know, online to, to figure out the different parts of your brain are going to be active. So um, I kind of looked it up for this video, but uh, you've got your amygdala going active and then it creates the neurotransmitters and glutamate gets released. And there's all these other ones as well. You can look into it. And the body's just releasing all these chemicals. And what's happening is that you're then in fight, flight, or freeze. And this is happening through your mind. And so the emotion triggers, right? Start with the emotion. And then, then that goes to level of mind. And you're trying to figure out in the level of mind, how is this happening? And how can I stop this? I need to stop this now. This is irrational. And then you're judging yourself and you're judging the thought and you're doing all these different things. Um, and then you don't get anywhere. You're just kind of running um, a pattern in a circle. And there is a solution. It's really, really simple. And it's just breathe. And so you can take your body from uh, sympathetic nervous system to parasympathetic nervous system, but you have to do it through your breath. You can't change your um, neurotransmitters and all that kind of stuff that's happening in the body, right? Because the body thinks it's the mind. And so you have this emotion and the body's doing all this stuff without your unconscious, with your, without your conscious permission, it's just doing it. And so then you're judging it and then you're stuck in it, right? But you control your body. That's the beautiful thing. You control your body. And so what you can do though, is you can do the breath. Um, and there's many different breath techniques that you can do. And I'm going to share a couple with you now that are so simple, but essentially when you breathe out longer than you breathe in, you're going to activate and you're going to move yourself into the parasympathetic nervous system. So that's rest, digest, relaxation, or to keep it even simpler, just do a box breath. And that is um, the same amount of time in, hold, out, hold. So the key is to actually do one breathing pattern. I'm just going to give you one example that you can use and you could modify it as you wish. So you could do a box breath. And also my recommendation is to move into the heart. And so some people say, you know, that's, that's one of my problems. I, I don't know if it's my head or my heart and I have no intuition. Well, that's not true. The problem is you're thinking about, um, you don't know your intuition because you're in, you're in, I always got to double check, uh, sympathetic nervous system. You're in stress, right? So you're in the mind. In the mind, when you're in stress, fear, uh, you're looking for threats. 
That's what your um, reticular activating system is doing in the mind. You're looking for threats. So when you're looking for threats, you're not in the intuitive space. You're not in the comfortable space. You're not in the infinite space. You're not in the uh, expanded space. You're not in the unified space of love and God and, and universe and nature and all this glorious stuff. You're in fight or flight. Holy crap, I got to protect myself. And so obviously you're not going to have your intuition. And so all you need to do is you need to come into resonance. And the easiest way you can do that is through breath. And here's the reason why people don't do it. It's because the signal comes up, right? The fear comes and it's just a thought or maybe the body, that little skull is, you know, that's your body and it just goes fear, fear, fear. And you think, oh, I am the fear. I'm out of control. The body is now the mind. I can't control my body. It's all fearful. So what you do is you say, oh, no, actually, I can. I, I'm, I can witness this. So the first thing is just to recognize the fear, the anxiety, the depression, whatever it is, and you observe it. So now you cut those things and you're just observing the scary skull. Don't judge it. You could even give it gratitude. Thank you for sending me up this feeling of anxiety and depression. Is there anything that I need to know right now? Okay. No, you don't get the information you need. There might be something there. You're like, okay, great. There's the information. Um, now you're going to choose to observe because uh, then you're going to have a whole bunch of thoughts. And, and usually the, the line of thinking will go, there's the scary thing, right? You're going to have the feeling and then you're going to go into the mind and you're going to create a story around all this thing to try to solve it or dive in or whatever the case is. And it's going to just send you around in circles. is isn't going to help. And so just like in meditation, you observe your thoughts, right? You're going to observe the thoughts. You're going to observe the feelings. So you're just observing this now rather than um, having it attached to this guy's head. So you're just observing now. And then you, what you can control is your breathing. And when you do that, you control your breath. You can shift the body, which is out of you. It's, it's seemingly out of control right now. You do the breath and it, and it brings the body back down into parasympathetic rest and digest and peace and calm. That's how you do it. Uh, you don't do it in the state of mind. And, and I wouldn't recommend uh, meditation either because it's just a little bit harder where breathing can just do it for you. It's, um, you know, it's just how the, body works you know you learn it in martial arts and all these different tools so you may as well use the tool that is most effective and so all you need to do is just do a box breath and as you if you've never um, done box breathing before it you know you might start at three three seconds um, but I recommend five so here we go so we'll do a we'll do a dry run okay I, I, I'm doing a thing and I'm and I'm like oh god I'm feeling the anxiety or the fear again okay great step one I'm fearful the body is doing it right the body's the monkey mind um and it's and it's fearful and I'm like oh dear and then I go okay is there anything I need to know a uh, thank you fear is there anything that I need to know uh yeah you know I got this report coming up and I am fearful about this so what you can do is you can prepare and make sure you do these certain things and that way uh, you're going to probably have the best result. Okay, fantastic. Uh, thank you for that information. I'd like to come back to peace and calm now. So I'm going to observe the, the feeling. I'm going to give it gratitude, right? And then I'm like, all right, now I'm going to come back to peace and coherence. So let's do a box breath. So here we, we'll just do five seconds in, five seconds hold, five seconds out, and five seconds hold. So here we go, and I'll just do it with my hands. So this happens, and now I want to come back to peace and coherence. And so, um, and I also, what I like to do is I focus on my heart because wherever I put my attention, energy, and focus, um, you know, that's what I'm going to amplify, right? So I'm just going to take my awareness, I'm going to put it into my heart, into my body, 
And that's just something I like to do. You can do whatever you want, um, but we got to get out of mind essentially. And I'll just do the count with my, my hands, right? So here we go. I'm going to put my awareness into my heart and hold for five. Out five, hold five, in five. And do that for three rounds, holding your attention um, in your heart. And here's the thing, the breath pattern doesn't matter. You could do a box breath of three, you could do, um, you know, you could do an inhale of, of five and then exhale for seven or eight, whatever you're comfortable with. It doesn't matter exactly the breath you do. Um, there's so much information on breath out there, some amazing courses. Uh, Soma Breath, I'll put in the links below. You know, the important distinction is if you breathe out longer and usually through your nose, that's what I learned through martial arts and studying with the Shaolin monks to, to breathe through your nose. And, um, you know, there's more receptors in your nose, so you get more oxygen. and so you could just do five in, hold, and then eight out, nice and slow. And that's going to bring the body back into coherence. And you can experiment with different types of breath. Um, don't worry about the best breath in the number one way. Begin to experiment because what that's going to do is these webs you could see on this guy's face here, they're emotional connections. It's the energy. So each, like the more... Uh, terrifying it is or the more anxious you feel the deeper that anchor is into your brain and what you need to do the remedy is the breath and so that's what you can do and you do that over and over again so rather than the body becoming the mind and just keep um, keep you on the spiral that goes over and over again you now have a tool that you can um, use to come back to peace and coherence. And what that's gonna do is gonna change your brainwave state uh, because you're gonna be going from a beta brainwave to an alpha, alpha brainwave. So now you're changing your brainwaves. It's gonna change your neurology. It's changing the way that your body feels. And so the huge distinction is to realize that your body having these emotions is not a bad thing. We want to have emotions. We want to be able to experience fear because there's times for fear. There's times for anxiety. There's times for depression even when you go through some very challenging times. But we have a tool to alchemize those emotions. And that's really what alchemy is about is we talk about turning lead to gold. But really, it is the emotional alchemy it's being able to take those challenging emotions of frustration anxiety fear depression being able to alchemize them and use them as fuel for something that you prefer because life is challenging um alan watts says you know in zen they'll say uh uh life is life is suffering um that's one of the buddhism sayings life is suffering um he says a more accurate translation is life is frustrating and it is all those things. Life is frustrating as heck. Life is scary. Life is challenging. There is fear. There is uncertainty. There are all these different factors. And so we got to learn to accept them, but have tools so they don't run us. That's when it becomes a problem. When our body becomes the mind, our fear becomes the mind, our anxiety becomes the mind, our depression our, our oppression becomes a body. So our all becomes the body. And so your body is in these consistent states of fear and anxiety. Your body has now 
become addicted and, and the neural pathways are entrenched. And so that's your way of being. And to solve that, you just use breath. Literally, it doesn't have to mean you wake up and you do breath work every morning, although you could. Wim Hof is fantastic. Uh, Soma breath is fantastic. There's other breath coaches out there that are fantastic. But the key is to use the tool when the emotion comes. And so now you can then observe the, okay, that's perfect. There's the head. You can observe it without having it blanket over you. And then you just repeat the process because every time you repeat the process, you're breaking and cutting down the neural connections and it is um, um, making it making you're making space between the feeling and the thought in the world. And because what happens, like I said, is most people have the feeling they think that that's who they are, that there's no way out of it. And then that that just are the feeling. And then their mind comes in and creates this story about why they're having this feeling of fear, anxiety or depression or doubt or whatever the case is. And you run in this spiral and there's no ending it. And the only difference is, is recognizing, oh, hello, emotion. Thank you. Give it gratitude. Anything I need to know. Okay, cool. That's what I need to know. Now I'm going to use my breath because that can change my body because my body is the one emoting. I change my breath. I put it from uh, sympathetic. Yep. Sympathetic, fight, flight, freeze, and all the stuff that's going on with your brain, your, neuro your neurology and the chemicals that are being released in your brain, and you take back your control through breath, you know, nice and easy. And so you can imagine, I like to give this example, um, you know, if you're an MMA fighter or you're back in the day and you're like a, a Shaolin warrior or you're in like Braveheart times and you go into these crazy battles and people have, uh, you know, the most <laughs> crazy weapons, right? Well, if I'm in, if I'm in uh, that battle, right, and I get cut and it's a dangerous environment, I could be, fe I'm fearful, right? Because guy's got a big sword or, or a freaking you know, blunt object with a stone on it or whatever. Um, even though the threat is real, I have to keep my breathing and my consciousness relaxed so I'm in flow state and allowing my body's intelligence to find solutions. Because when our breathing is in uh, nice and, and low and slow and relaxed, we are picking up more information. More information will allow us better pattern recognition to make better choices when we are very focused we have very limited options um that's become that will that's when we become kind of enslaved to our emotions or, or to our world because we only have one option or so we believe because we can't see other options in our field because of what's happening internally and it starts with our breath that releases the chemicals and puts us in a certain state of being you know how are you i'm, I'm stressed that's your state of being and so if you're at war and you and you have to train this, it doesn't just happen, you know, you train it. And so you're at war, you get cut, but you recognize, yeah, that's dangerous. I'm, I'm, but I'm not going to go into fear because then I'm toast. I'm not going to see all these other things. So I just allow my body and my training to remain relaxed in this mayhem scenario so that I can perform at the highest level. It's the same thing when I work with extreme sports athletes and how applicable this is to everyday life is massive. And the beautiful thing about extreme sports is it, it gives you the necessity to learn about this type of phenomenon, which most people would never consider because most people don't consider 
doing something insane with their body that puts them at high risk, whether it's a triple backflip on a snowboard or something on a freestyle motocross bike or, you know, bombing down a downhill bike at hundred kilometers an hour, just insane stuff that different variety of, of sports use, you need to handle fear. And so if I'm ready to drop in and I want to try a double backflip, um, you know, for the first time, or I want to try a triple backflip, or I want to try my first, uh, you know, backflip over a huge jump. Um, and I'll tell you a story, um, which is actually kind of funny. I was in Whistler and they have this really big snowboard park, um, you know, massive, massive jumps. You need a special pass to go in there. And I think it was my second year. I remember the first year looking at these jumps thinking, oh my God, how am I ever going to hit these things? These are insane. And so, you know, over time, I, I kind of get my bearings the first year on the size of these things because they're just, you know, 60, 70 feet long. They're enormous. And so, you know, I'm only getting comfortable in there and I can do backflips, but I remember um, waiting to drop in and I'm working on, I think I was working on switch 540s or something and I had it in my mind and want to get these. And this kid goes, uh, you know, do a backflip, right? And, and he goes, and I was like, no, sorry, kid, I'm, I'm working on something else because the chairlift goes right over the park. I think they still have it. It's a Cat Skinner chairlift in Whistler and it goes right over the park. And it's so much fun because on a sunny day, it's watching a snowboard movie. Just people are incredible athletes in Whistler. And so uh, I was like, I'm working on something else. And he just goes, oh, and he's so sad. And I hadn't done a backflip in that park yet because the jumps were huge. But I know a backflip is not that hard. Yes, it's scary if you don't snowboard, but it's really just a 360. And if you do a backflip on a trampoline or you're an athlete and you've done, you're like, it's not the hardest trick. It's not the most technical trick. It's just, it's just super frightening because you have to go upside down, right? And so I know that this jump is huge and I just have to go upside down slowly. And so the courage it takes to go off the jump, to not freak out, um, you know what I mean? To plan it in your head. And that's the key is if you become afraid, if you're going, uh, it's like freezing up the jump. If you're going up the jump and you in your mind, you freeze up, that's when people get injured. Some people even die. Some people uh, have very serious injuries um, because they don't commit to the trick. They get afraid before they go. And that's what they talk about committing. It's a thing in, in action sports. So it's incredibly dangerous. And so all the stuff I'm talking to you about now, it happens at, at, at an immediate level that has severe consequences if you don't conquer it. The wonderful thing is you can take that knowledge without being an extreme sports athlete and apply it to your life. You just have to add the necessity. That's why people don't go into high performance training or peak performance mental training because they don't have that necessity. You don't have that necessity in basketball even, right? You shoot the free throw, flow, free throw um, and your legs are going to be fine. But imagine you shoot a free throw and there's somebody at the, at the side with a baseball bat and he's like, yeah, if you don't make these, um, there's a one in 10 chance I'm going to come out there and beat you with this bat and break both your legs or you got to run away or something. Like you'd be like, that's just terrifying. And that's what happens, you know, with this backflip. Like I know I can make the backflip. I know it's in my ability, but if something does go wrong and I land on my head off this 60 foot jump, that's enormous. Maybe I go too long. Maybe I mess it up and hit my head on, on this huge lip somehow. Maybe I, I don't make the landing. That's like the worst thing. So there, that could put me in the hospital. So what do I do? What did I do? So, you know, it was this little test. I knew I could do it, right? So first thing was, he goes, oh, I'm like, all right. 
fine, little fella, I'll do it. And I, and I knew it was time and I go, okay, I'm afraid. I was afraid. And so I assess the situation. I look at the jump and I say, I use mind, right? My mind. Do I have the ability to do this? Yes. Um, how are the conditions today? Fine. Have I gone off this jump a few times so I know how fast it is today? Do I have this you know, logical understanding? Am I gathered the data? Yeah, I know the speed of the jump. I'm comfortable. I know the line. Perfect. Check, check, check. Thank you, fear, for bringing all of that to my attention so that I can be aware of it to make a better choice because maybe it's not the day for the backflip, right? Maybe I go through that checklist and there's something off. He's like, you know what? This isn't the day. Uh, I'll check, check, check. Perfect. Now what? I'm still afraid. I still have to do it. I, I got to commit. I know I can do it. So what I do and what I teach my athletes is okay, cool. Uh, start do, do breathing. I just say, take three deep breaths. So I'd start taking three deep breaths, hold, relax my body, and I'd visualize the trick. And I just started visualizing the trick. I'd see myself going off the jump, upside down, um, land the trick, and ride away. And I kept doing that until I was confident. And I did this, you know, because I've done it so many times before. I've done this in training. This all happened within like a one-minute uh, time frame because I've done it over and over and over, right? You want to get to that point. And so I did that. I visualized a trick and then I felt confident. Now, did I feel fear and anxiety? Yes, but I felt more confident. And that was where you add the will of what you want. That's, that's, you know, you have the fear, the skull thing and the anxiety, the skull, right? Both real and feeling it. But my will, me observing that, my choice as a creator, who I am, what I'm capable of, what I'm connected to, observing those two things um, is the ultimate power. And so I exercise my right as a creator to create a backflip in that moment because I was able to analyze, go into my intuition, um, and make that decision. And so once I felt confident, I said, okay, cool. I dropped in. I'm going off the jump. I'm upside down. It's the first time I did a backflip in the huge park. I think the jump is about 60 feet. It's just enormous. And and all I was like, I just got to relax. And so I'm going up the jump and just relax, you know what I mean? Lay back. I'm upside down. And all I hear is this kid just go, yay. And I can hear him from the chairlift. And it was so funny, man. I was upside down. I landed. I ride at the bottom. I'm stoked because I I finally did a, a backflip in the big park. And this kid's happiness, you know, is through the roof. I can hear him cheering. And I remember being a kid. And that's all I ever wanted to see is people do backflips over the snowboard park. You know, I was like, I, you know, I'll give him that thing. I can do it. I know I can do it. So he helped me. And, uh, you know, and I gave him some satisfaction of watching a backflip because I go, I'd use that chairlift too, just to watch people do incredible moves. It's, it's, it's phenomenal to see what people are capable of. And so that, that really illustrates the story right there. And so we just, we get so caught up in, in, in the emotion and we think the body has become the mind. We think that's our state of being and the breath is the hack. So it does not matter what breath you choose. You can choose a box breath for a duration of time. And that's just one, two, three, four, right? Uh, breathing in, hold, breathing out, hold, and just make the numbers, whatever you want. Or you can do, um, you know, a certain, a num 
amount of breath in, say five seconds in, then eight seconds out and just do three, do four, do five if you need. It doesn't matter. It's the breath that will bring the body from stress, high cortisol, the blood pumping to in state of awareness to uh, peace and calm. And you're going to bring the body back into check. You're going to rein it in. The body is within your control, but you can't do it through mind. Maybe some people can't. And if you can, fantastic. Go for it. Do it through mind. Uh, but you can do it through breath. You can definitely do it through breath because that's how it works. Um, and so it's amazing. So it's up to you to actually do it. You just have to actually apply the technique over and over and over. You do this for a week. You do this for a month. It will change the neurology in your, in your mind. It will change the neural pathways. You will build the pathways to what you want. And so then the final step is you can add in. So what do you want? Peace, calm, whatever the case is, whatever the, the awareness, um, excitement, joy, whatever you want. Just, you can just add that in and you can even add, uh, you know, a lot of people love EFT. I think it's a really simple technique. And you so, you know, once you're done, you say, even though you just do a karate chop and search EFT, there's a lot of great stuff out there. Um, but it's essentially applying uh, acupuncture with positive psychology, you know, other elements. And there's a lot of information, but that's how I understand it. And so I could go, even though I'm afraid of this backflip and I'm just tapping here to move the energy and they have different spots that they pick out. And when I went to the Shaolin Academy, you should have seen the, the chart they had for um, your body's energy system was unbelievable. <laughs> like I've never seen a map like that in my life. I did acupuncture as one of the, the bonus uh, programs and education you could do at the Shaolin Academy. And they've been studying that for thousands of years and believe it's a part of the thing. Uh, just a part of medicine is the energy body. And they would use that. So when you use EFT, you're accessing that type of intelligence. And even at the bottom, the most bare minimum positive psychology, you're addressing what you don't want and moving to what you do want. So let's say I'm doing my backflip. Even though I'm anxious of this backflip, I still completely love and accept myself. I choose to be confident and land this backflip now. And so that's addressing and, and honoring the emotion with this is my will. This is what I am going to do now. And you could do that for a bunch of times if it's a really strong emotion. It might take a little bit. No problem there. Um, just keep going at it. And so if you're waking up anxious, uh, depressed, anxiety, Understanding those distinctions will give you a roadmap to being more peaceful, being more empowered, and just seeing the negative emotions or the fear or, or whatever, not as negative, just what our body does. We feel fear. We feel excitement. We feel happiness. We feel frustration. We've just labeled some good or bad. Um, you know, like I get frustrated when I skateboard, I get frustrated when I go to the gym, I get frustrated when I do podcasting, I get frustrated. I'm always frustrated. It seems sometimes <laughs> I shouldn't say that delete, you know, um, life can be frustrating and I'm learning to make more peace with it. And so, you know, when I recognize the frustration, I can indeed let it go, right? Because I feel the frustration in my body and I recognize that I can make a new choice. If I don't recognize the frustration, maybe I stay in frustration for a while and I'm not going to be in peak performance. And that's why I love snowboarding and extreme sports and uh, martial arts because it forces me into those environments or circumstances where I have to apply this knowledge and I'm like, yes, of course. And, you know, this works and, and I get to practice it. Then I bring it to the everyday. And that's really where the power is bringing this into your everyday 
moment to moment awareness, whether you're dealing with a challenging person, whether you're dealing with yourself, whether you're dealing with, you know, life just through all these different things, you know, that's what it's going to do. That's what life is, right? So it's not a good or bad thing to be frustrated. Um, you just want to be aware of it and you alchemize it. So when you feel the frustration fully, you're getting all the information from that feeling. It's not a bad feeling, but what it does is it allows you to alchemize it to use it as fuel to create something. And so, you know, alchemy is turning lead to gold. I feel like the more alchemy, the more emotion we have, the more fuel it gives us to get to where we can imagine or envision ourselves to be. And if you're only stuck in anxiety and depression and all these lower ones, it's going to limit your pattern recognition. So you're not going to be able to think, um, you know, you're not going to be able to envision something for yourself that is inspiring. You're not, go be, you're not going to be able to get to your um, capacities of imagination and your connection with spirit, the infinite, the unified field, whatever you want to call it. Y you need to be in a state of um, peace. And so if you're never in it, just practice doing the breath and you'll come back to it more and more. And then it'll become a more common way of being, but it does take some effort and training. So uh, I think I covered a lot there. It's similar to a recent video I've done, but I think a, a few subtle distinctions that I feel are very important and very helpful. And so if you have some questions, let me know. A lot of the times I feel like I'm coherent and making sense and I might not be. <laughs> so just let me know. But any questions you have um, in the comments below. But uh, thanks for watching this video. I hope that you enjoyed it and uh, have an amazing day. Peace.